Hey guys, Tyler here. So this is us ranking our top 25 games of the last generation. If you guys missed the uh, previous episodes, go back and check them out. If not, hope you guys enjoy, enjoy this next part. Uh, love you guys. See you later. So uh, we are now, we've each done 10. Uh, I just want to do like a quick yeah. recap for everybody here. Um, so I'm going to run through uh, Gables here real fast. 25, Outlast. 24, Tony Pro Square 1, 2. 23, A Way Out. 22, uh, Gravity Rush, 21, Final Fantasy, uh, Curtain Calls, uh, 20, Rocket League, 19, Hat in Time, 18, Super Mario 3D Land, 17, Persona 3 and 5, Dancing in Moonlight, Dancing in Starlight, 16, Destiny 2, uh, my number 25 through 16 here, 25, Outlast, 24, Gears 4, 23, Evil Within 2, uh, 22, Evil, Wolfenstein 2, 21, uh, Until Dawn, 20, Gears, Gears 5, uh, 19, Yu-Gi-Oh! Le Legacy of the Duels. 18, Mario Kart 8. 17, Pokemon X. 16, Hellblade. I think so far we only have one game in common. Yes, we do. Um, yes. At this point. <laughs> well, Gables, I'm about to make that two games in common. My number 15 is yep. A Way Out. Um, there you go. Uh, you know, it's it's all the same things you, you were saying earlier. Um, just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, if you were to play this game by yourself, and obviously it's built for multiplayer, but like it's by itself, it's a, it's an okay game. Like the gameplay isn't like the shooting isn't great at all. Um, the the story isn't like super fantastic. It's not the greatest story of all time, but it's just like it's such a. It really is a game of moments. Is really what it is. And it's like I I hope we have the same thing. And it's now my time. It's twelve fifty four a.m. March first, Gables. So we're just a few weeks out this month. We'll be playing. Yes. Hopefully, it takes two. Uh, the next game from the developers of uh, uh, a way out, but um, you know, it's, it's a game of moments. It's just like, like I said, like you're back to back, and you're trying to climb up this wall, and you got to tap the button, or you're gonna fall, and you got to get out, or you got like you're you got to watch the guard while I fucking chisel this hole in the wall for the, in the, in the where the toilet is behind the toilet, or uh, yeah, like the 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 epic four minute long arm wrestling contest that we have or uh, playing checkers or the escaping the hospital or like the, the, there's a cool twist actually with the characters later in the game that I, th I liked a lot. Um, yeah. Or like just sitting, uh, or I suppose sitting down the seesaw and all that. It's just like, it's a, it's a really fun. It's just, it's just a really fun game. It's just like really is like a game where like, like, yeah, you get like, there's games where you got to work together, but it's like, you're, it's AI in this game. Like, you literally you can't play this game with an AI person, and like no. it's better. It's like yeah, it's kind of suck that like you can't do that. But it's like yeah, but it's like if this game didn't, if you could play this with an AI person, this game no one would remember this. It would just be a game that came out and no, no one cared. And it's, it, no one would care about the fact that It Takes Two comes out in a few weeks. No one would give a shit when that game is coming out. It's like we we love this game because of like playing with another person. It's so fucking good. It's so much fun. Um, I had a blast playing it. Um, and I can't wait to uh, play It Takes Two in just a few weeks. Gables, that's my number 15, though. Uh, way out. What's your number 15, buddy? My number 15 is Untitled Goose Game. Nice! I <laughs> totally <laughs> forgot about this game. Wait. Oh, yeah, it's, I was, you know why I forgot? I didn't put this game on my list because I was why? thinking of it because I played it on the Switch. And I was thinking yes. of it as a Switch game, but it's on everything. Yes, that's the thing. You know, it's like when a, with a bunch of these indie games and stuff like that. I mean, technically, some of us did play on the Switch, but they're available on other platforms like PC, PS4, Xbox One, so they count. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Untitled Goose Game. 
Jesus Christ, man, where to begin with this one? I guess long story short is it is so satisfying playing as an asshole goose. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of enjoyment I got out of this simple premise is, is amusing to me. And it, it starts with you when it's actually swimming in your pond, you know, just like going through, ringing a bell, going to the first initial section where you get to harass this one farmer. Still going right. through, stealing this, stealing this stuff, wrecking the shit. The picnic. Ruin the picnic. Go through a whole lot of this other rigmarole. Go to the next section, tripping the kid with his own shoelaces, stealing his glasses, honking at him. <laughs> And of course, you know, one of my favorite things to do, you know, is like to take the farmer's equipment while he's chasing me and I just toss him in the water and all of a sudden he just looks at it just disgust and I just like Every freaking time that like I ended up doing something terrible to somebody, it didn't matter whether the tripping the tripping the damn kid or throwing the farmer's like uh tools inside there or fucking getting the that woman's bra or something to that guy's like yard and then her discovering he has her bra and stuff like that i'd always go out with a little would fucking make my day all the more better this game returns back to the simple premise of a video game in my honest opinion with games like that in like goat simulator it's just pure fun you're just screwing around you're just basically experimenting with things like hey it's like what, what's gonna happen if i go through and uh, open up this garage door and leave this woman inside you know and all of a sudden it's like you figure out oh i can close her inside here yep <laughs> screw you i'm going on this way chaos <laughs> just pure chaos but it's such a fun controlled sort of thing of chaos where it is so enjoyable it is our game of the year for 2019. I uh-huh. think I wanted. Yeah, it was your number three and my number two. Yeah, it was such a fun experience that Tyler and I still think of it as very highly. Mm-hmm. And my God, it's like every time I think back of this game, I just have nothing but positive things and a lot of good memories of it. Because there is not too many games that are akin to akin to that where you can just fondly remember it it's very fun to play from beginning to end and it's something you didn't know that you want but once you get it it's like it just surpasses every expectation oh yeah for sure (laughs) but the yeah it's like the reason why it's like at the number 15 slot as opposed to being like say lower or even on the honorable mentions is because of how goddamn enjoyable it was i mean granted you could play a couple hundred hours of a game like say in destiny 2 or like in rocket league but you gotta have but if you have an experience to where you have a chunk of five hours that's like incredibly excellent or incredibly just memorable. Of course you're going to remember that more so than you did in hour 56 of Destiny 2 mm. where it's like you're sitting inside of a freaking lobby or something and all of a sudden you have to wait 20 minutes for one of your guys to get on so that way you can go through another gambit match. You know, it's like those obscure situations and then all of a sudden like thinking back to the whole chunk of experience of a 5-hour game to where you had a blast like from beginning to end and kept on trying things even afterwards and 
replaying the game and finding even more stuff that you can screw around with. You know, it's it's one of the reasons why we play video games is because we want to experience a situation or I want to experience a certain event or even like from another like creature, another person's perspective that makes it all the more worthwhile, you know, and that's why it's number 15 on my list. Very cool, Gableson. I'm so bummed I forgot about that game. Uh, <laughs> I, well, not that I forgot about it. I just, I thought of it as a Switch game. Um, well, my number 14 is, uh, to me, I think the greatest first-person shooter campaign I have played. And that is a mm. game called Titanfall 2. Um, there you go. Yeah, I... It's so fucking good. I mean, like... I should, I should preface that by saying like it's the best first person shooter game I played in that style of like a you know it's it's from it's from respawn it's like the, the Call of Duty guys like from that style of game like where you expect where like a lot of games coming out that time frame where like you know Advanced Wars or like oh we're gonna Advanced Warfare where and stuff like that where it's like we're we're doing wall jumping stuff like that where it's like these guys and like the, the like just the combination of like jumping into like into a mech and f- having these awesome fucking mech fights. To like where I don't give a fuck about mech fights or mechs or whatsoever, to like them jumping in and just having a really fucking incredible and awesome fucking uh, campaign of just like wall jumping and like the way everything flows together so well it's so fucking great and like the actual like you know it's, it's kind of like you know I've always kind of prefaced more of as like I love a great story uh, more so than a really great well played game and that's mostly true for me. For the most part, uh, and, it's, and that's kind of like, in this where it's like it's a, one, a really fun, really well made game, but it, it's a cool story on top of that as well. And I'm so bummed that like this kind of this game was like sent out to die. Where it's like we're gonna put this game out the week before called uh, before uh, it's Call of Duty yeah, before Call of Duty comes out. Yeah, we're gonna put we're gonna put this out the week after Call of Duty's gonna come out, and then Battlefield One's gonna come out because we're gonna try to we're gonna put these two games out to fucking try to kill Call of Duty. And instead, we just killed Titanfall instead. Um, and it's just fucking bummer because this game is so fucking well made. And I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess you know we got you know the response still doing great shit. We got Apex from, and uh, you know uh, Fallen Order out of it too. But like they're, they're not, the company didn't suffer from it, but Titanfall might have. Uh, and I hope to God we get a Titanfall three one of these days. But it's it's so well made, and even the the fucking online is really really fun. I was like, I was playing this, the online regularly, not like I didn't put like a hundred hours into it, but I was like, I put a good 15, 20 solid hours into the online, which is a lot for me, even, f- you know, for some of that play, if, if I was playing with friends, like just, I play this all by myself, just like I kept going back into the, to the multiplayer because I was having so much fun with it. And it's just like, it's such a well-made game. It's just a great game. I played it on Xbox and like my sister bought it for me. I asked for, I liked it so much when I beat it on Xbox one. That I asked my sister for sister to buy it for me, just like a month later for on for Christmas on <laughs> on PS4, so I could play it again. And I played through like three quarters of it, and it's like I still this I still have the the disc version sitting over there. Like I can jump in and play anytime. I think we got for like I think we might have got free for like PS Plus as well. But yeah, it's 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 a an amazing game. It's an awesome game. Uh, number fourteen, Titanfall two. Gables, what's your number uh, fourteen? All right, so my number 14 is actually going to be another Vita game. It's going to be Danganronpa, oh, okay. Trigger Happy Havoc. Now, another type of games, 
another type of game genre that I like is the visual novel slash mystery game. I love the Phoenix Wright series. Ace Attorney 1, 2, and 3 I played through on the DS. Danganronpa came out of nowhere for me when this game came out on the Vita. Actually, it was a friend that I had known through college that uh, suggested I should play them. He actually allowed me to borrow like uh, a couple of his Danganronpa games for Vita, and so I was able to play through both of them. And quite honestly, I think Danganronpa, Danganronpa the first one, is a fantastic story from beginning to end. And that is part of the reason why it's so high on this list is because of all the complexities inside of its story and also inside of like the way you get to find out certain aspects. And let's be perfectly honest with you. A lot of this stuff is simplistic in terms of like common sense. Okay, this is the reason why this happened this way or this person happened that way or whatsoever. It's it basically you have five cases in all. And so you get to solve these murder cases one by one and stuff. Different people have you know different students have been gathered together to being the ultimate of a specific type you know like the uh ultimate baseball star the ultimate pop sensation and like you come in as like the ultimate lucky student because you won in terms of a lottery to go to this hope speak academy school and stuff but what turns into like this whole like supposed high school setting and stuff with the ultimate students with a bright future and stuff becomes a grim turntable where it's like they're now hostages inside of like this uh this big old like murder school simulation you know quintessentially where it's like they are quintessentially being ruled upon by this uh this like evil bear by the name of Monokuma, right? So it's like a robotic bear that uh, forces the kill like the students and stuff to follow these specific school rules, and one of them includes like you have to kill each other inside this killing game and this and that. And so, from this crazy aspect and entirely like uh, can be absurd in certain points, it turns what is crazy into like a cohesive sort of story to where by the end of case three, even like being a case for and everything else it's like a lot of the stuff that you did think about and you did like try to assume different things starts to twist and turn you know and so there are different types of twists that do happen and it's like whoa that caught me off guard and then all of a sudden the final case where everything comes to the center field and all of a sudden it's like you get the whole aspect of what's actually happening in terms of what how the story is progressing and why it's like this to where it's like wow that's actually pretty crazy there were a different type. There were different like uh, situations where I would complete the case, and I was left thinking. I was like, "Wow, what the fuck? Like how?" I it literally got me thinking about how these characters would interact with one another and stuff, and how things played into another about why there were certain motivations, why one student would kill the other, and then like how specific characters you would like all of a sudden would just like randomly like just die because you were so interested in like. Uh, you were so interested in learning more about their side stories and stuff. And that's just the game in and of itself, where it's strong in a narrative sense. It has fantastic, like, it has to have a fantastic story, in my opinion. There are a lot of memorable characters. Yeah, it's sort of like an anime high school, sort of, like, battle royale sort of style of game. But at the same time, it is a fantastic game. I love it. And that's why it's at number 14. <laughs> Very nice, skills. Very nice. Well, actually, was it fourteen? Yeah, yeah fourteen. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, 
I we're halfway through the list. I'm gonna call for a quick two minute pee break. Oh, I feel a solid thirty two ounces lighter. <laughs> All right. So sorry for that, guys, but you know we are an hour and forty minutes into this stream here, and dude, it's it's justified. We needed a break. Yeah, we needed a couple <laughs> minutes there to uh, drain the main vein and also get up, stand up for a second, get up, stand up for our rights, you know. Um, <laughs> quote Bob Marley there. Um, all right, we're gonna move on here to our. Uh, now we are in, we are finished the uh, kind of the first half here because I guess it's the odd numbers. So you can't do a half break here, but we're moving on to our number thirteen Gables. Uh, you know we we are at two games uh, in common now. We're now up to three games because my number uh, thirteen is a game called Rocket League, and it's more the same hey. like what you kind of spoke already, where it's just like it was a game that like it was, I had a blast playing that game just going through like the league the league season mode or whatever by myself I had a lot of fun with that and um jumping in a lot with like you know with my friends especially that first like, year or two with it coming coming out where i was playing it often enough that i was still like on par with everybody playing but then like i don't ever play it like on extra life or like maybe one other time a year after that but like a decent chunk of people in our group would like continually play that game throughout like the year and like that would be like oh that'd be like the one game they would like they'd play like two or three games that'd be one of them and it's just like you know jumping into it and it's like I get back in and I'm like I'm like relearning how to play this game and it's like everybody else is like never stopped playing the game and it's like I am and I am hindering anybody's team I'm on and it's like you guys are winning in spite of me or we're losing because of me kind of thing it's but but it's like yeah it's kind of the same idea where it's like I had a blast playing this game I put you know you put over two hundred hours into it I put over a hundred hours into yeah. it. And I had a lot of fun playing to it. And like every now and then I'll jump back into it and play it. It's like I'm having fun, but it's like definitely like the case of like the only time I don't the only reason I don't like jump back into it anymore is just because like it's kind of the same issue we see with a lot of like live service games where it's like you just if you like I'm we're not the type to like play these games all the time over and over and over again for months on end. Like we'll yeah. play it for you know stretches here and there or We'll get into it for a couple of weeks and then jump back into it every so every so often. But it's like, you know, it's like, it's definitely one of those cases where like if you fall off for a few months, like you're behind kind of thing. It's like it's kind of the same idea here where it's like I, you know, it's like, I'm not trying to speak ill of it, but it's like definitely one of those cases where it's like it would probably be higher if it was like a game that like I mean it would be higher if it was a game seven years later. I was still playing regularly, but it's like definitely one of those things where it's like you like yeah, I'm definitely burnt out on it. But it's like to be fair with all these other games on my list so far, it's like. They're short enough experiences, or like they're they're they're, they're campaign based games, where it's like you beat the game, you move on from it. You you know you don't get a chance to burn out on them, and like I think but like that shows you like even though it's a game I burnt out on after over a hundred hours of playing, it's like I still had a blast playing it. It's like some yeah like definitely some of our, our most fun memories of the, the generation um, are because of this game. It's just like jumping in. It's like you it's more so play, you're playing this game because it's a game you have in common with your friends. And you're just bullshitting with your friends while you play this game kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. So my number 13 is uh, a Rocket League. Gables, what's your number 13? So my number 13 is the sequel to my last game. So it's Danganronpa 2. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's Let's see. It's Danganronpa 2, which... Oh, yes. Goodbye Despair. So that was the subtitle of the damn thing. But uh, it's quite essentially more of this of the same, you know. It's like a murder mystery sort of thing. This time it's on a tropical island. There's new thing of like high school students that you have to go through and do. But it does tie into the first game in specific aspects. 
But let's just say that it gets even crazier in terms of the cases, in terms of like the, all the twists and stuff in regards to it. And kind of like in the same of the first game, like once case three goes through and ends and stuff, it would essentially gets even more crazier and stuff like that. But it's solid, not so convoluted, but once a lot of your favorite characters just get axed off and stuff like that, it's essentially sort of like a Game of Thrones style of feel. It's like, okay, is this person going to do this or that, you know? Or is this person going to be dying, any type of stuff? It's that one more case, that one more, like, uh, day aspect and stuff to where you want to get, you know, to experience the story firsthand to see what in the hell is actually going on. That makes this game a lot more interesting than most, like, visual novel games. I'd say, like, the entire series of Danganronpa is just fairly entertaining. Hmm in regards to not only their styles and stuff, I mean, yes, they're very heavily anime, like, sort of centric stuff, but at the same time, the stories are pretty much worth diving into if you love visual novels. So, that's my number 13. Nice. Very cool, Gables. Uh, moving on to my number 12 here, it is a franchise that, you know, I didn't think I would get back into, like, or especially, in a, like, get into it all in a video game sense, but it's like, uh, we've seen so many times these kind of franchises or these kind of games like come in and just absolutely fail. Or they put them out for the wrong reasons. And it's a game called Spider-Man um, from 2018. Um, you know, it's Spider-Man, really cool character. One, probably one of the biggest franchises in in the in the world as far as like you know, like it puts a movie out, it's going to do well, or a game, there's going to be some buzz around it or whatever. And it's just like we've seen countless Spider-Man games come and go and. You know, we, we praise Spider-Man 2 for like, oh, it's a really good game on the GameCube, but it's on PlayStation 2 era. But it's like, it's just like, it's an okay game, which is a really good movie-based game. It's a really good Spider-Man game, but it's not a good game by, by any stretch of imagination. And this came out, and it's just like, it's a fantastic game. It's a wonderful game. Um, you know, where it's like, you, you actually, you know, you delve into like, you know, it, it's cool because it's not an origin story. It's like, he's been doing this for five, six years now. And it's just like, you don't have to deal with like the whole back, you know, it's like, you don't deal with like, Oh, you know, him becoming Spider-Man all over again. Like you do like quick, like boom here on Spider-Man. I've been doing this for a while. Here's why, here's how it happened. You already know the story and boom, here you go now. And like learning, like kind of like, you know, he's in his mid twenties. He's been doing it for a while. And it's like learning, like the, the cool stuff that's been going on with like him and like the people he's faced since then also dealing with like, um, you know, him and like Mary Jane, like, why they didn't work out and uh, you know, him dealing with like that kind of love where like he's still very much in love with this woman, but like him being Spider-Man is like the issue of like why this love didn't work. And uh, you got miles in there, like dealing with like his pain and his suffering and what's going on with him. And then like, uh, you know, like just, it's cool. Cause it's not just a Spider-Man game. It's, a, it's a Peter Parker. It's just as much a Peter game, Peter Parker game as a Spider-Man game where it's like, you're not just, you know, it's like where like most Spider-Man games are just Spider-Man. And this like you're dealing with like the real life ramifications of him being Spider-Man where it's like he can't he doesn't have very good relationships. Like he's Spider-Man, but he still he still can't pay rent kind of just like stuff like that. And like he's working with uh, Doc Ock and like just like, um, you know, like all these stories of like him, like, uh, you know, all these bad guys he's put away and then like uh, just everything like just the story in general is just great it's a really good story and then like the gameplay on top of it is great too it's like they did like a really good job of, like 
incorporating like the Batman games we've had, the golf, uh, the Gotham games we had, or the Arkham games we have, yes. and like ter- and, ter- and like turning that gameplay in like and morphing into a Spider-Man game where it's like, and it's not like a, it's not a knock against it at all. I think it's a smart move. And it's like I'd rather them just take that fighting system and put it in Spider-Man than try to create their own, and probably not work as well. It's like we we have a fighting system that works really really well for these style of games. Just do it, and then also it's all open world. Where like I'm not even an open world guy all that much. Like I always talk about, like in most open world games, like I, I don't like them as much. Or like we'll see games that like are like I like the franchises I like in general become open world, and I like them less because of that. And it's like this one where it's like it's open world. The like yeah, like the some of the uh, the side stuff, the side things you can do are kind of hit and miss. But it's like I like the the combat's fun to play, um, and the world is like cool enough. Like just like going around like taking photographs of like different things and like, or like finding his backpacks and like reading the, the backstory behind these backpacks and like the things he <laughs> finds in them and all that. It's just cool. And it's like, it's, it's cool because like, yeah, we know we, we've been there, done that with like the beginning of Spider-Man, but it's cool. Like you see him in that you know, time frame where he's been doing it for a while, but like go back and like, yeah, we know what he's a lot of ways done, but this to see like, but also kind of make, makes you intrigued. Like what we've missed kind of thing. Whereas like you go back and you read like, you know, like some of the newspaper clippings that you find of like events that have happened with him, like these great fights with like reptile or scorpion or things like that. And like, okay, what's going on with the Osborns and all that. It's like, it's just, it's so cool. It's, it's really, really, really made, well made. And it's like, we've seen like kind of the jumping made with miles and I can't wait for Spider-Man too. Um, so yeah, my number 12 is a uh, Spider-Man. We gave all those number 12. Mario Kart eight. Oh, okay. So that is our fourth yep. game in so to piggyback off of what you said previously about Mario Kart 8, it's like the game is absolutely fantastic in terms of the replayability, in terms of the course designs. And let me tell you something. Some of my most fun playing games on the Wii U was with Mario Kart 8. I spent over 30 hours not only playing through all the different cups, but I was making it a priority to beat time trials. I was making it a priority to figure out the shortcuts on these tracks so I could go through and get some of the fastest times available. I went through the camp, I went through like the cup stuff and like uh, various time trials with each character, including Link, the DLC stuff, you know? I mean, that was a fantastic sort of space, you know? And then like there was a Sonic the Hedgehog course, there was like a Link course and stuff like that, you know, that you could go and play through and stuff it was a fantastic experience nonetheless i mean even back then the wii u and stuff i mean obviously it's better on the switch in terms of how many people you can play and how you can do things in that regards but when it came out it was a big breath of fresh air because everything clicked with it the roster of the characters that was fun the amount of creativity with the new levels that they had designed alongside like the anti-gravity stuff with the carts that was awesome the whole retro tracks coming back including classics say like moo moo farm which i like <laughs> because it's a 64 classic and i loved playing through that course over and over as a kid and yeah even like a bunch of the different characters like say you want to play as mario or like peach gold peach or something like that or even even the Koopa Kids, if you really wanted to go through as the Koopa Kids, like Ludwig and like a Lemmy and Iggy and all this other shit, it had it all in terms of, like, in terms of a priority stuff for the single player aspect and even certain things online racing. 
it definitely was a high standard. Online could have been done better, in my honest opinion. I mean, Nintendo's been notorious in terms of online gameplay with some of their games, even dating back far back as for the DS. But it's like, with this game, it felt like everyone that had owned a Wii U could essentially bought this game. <laughs> out of a, out of like, a entire console lifetime, like 13 million, mm -hmm. you know, this game was obviously the most popular and sold the most. I think it was like half. It was like, so, it was all, it was like a little, I think it was just under or just over 6 million. So yeah, about half. About half the people that owned the Wii U bought Mario Kart 8. <laughs> but yeah that's it for like uh, number 12 you know because that game was fun i'd still have inklings to play from time to time and it was definitely memorable very cool game was very cool uh my number 11 is uh a game that was just re-released recently on switch a game called hey. super mario 3d world um yes yeah uh so it's, it's funny because it's a game like i just i you know like I talked about, like I completely fell off Mario or just Nintendo in general for a very long time, and then just like this came out. I remember like going over to Justin's and playing like with him a little bit, and, like watching him try to beat Champion Road, which to this day he still hasn't done. Mario Faker calls himself a Mario fan. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Faker, oh, he's gonna be pissed at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's a Mario fan. Can't be Champion Road, whatever. Fake ass motherfucker. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyways, um, he won't. It's funny. I'm gonna see him tomorrow, but he's gonna have no idea I said this until for 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 a while. Uh, but anyways, um, Mario. Let's get a dirty text from. Yeah, I'm gonna get a text from like three days from now. Like, what the fuck, asshole? Anyways, uh, Mario 3D World. Uh, it's just it, it's so great. It's just like it's you know like as a guy like. I never really loved the 3D Mario games before. Like, I wasn't even, like, a biggest Mario fan in general. Like, uh, when, it, when it comes to Nintendo before this, it's, like, really, like, 3D World, 3D... Well, 3D Land before that is what got... Like, I loved that on 3DS. I remember getting a 3DS, and it was, like, the week before Pokemon X came out. And I called Justin. Like, what, I'm at GameStop buying a 3DS. I'm like, dude, what should I get? Should I get 3D Land or should I get new Super Mario Bros.? He's like, dude, get... Fucking three, get 3D land, you're gonna love it. And like, he's right. And he's like, I, I loved it. And it's like, 3D rolls is more of that on the, it's just more of that, but more of a bigger. And it's just so well made. Uh, you know, it's just like, there's not, I haven't beaten a lot of Mario games in my lifetime. It's like, I beat Super Mario Brothers once and like when I was younger. And I was like, look, I've still been able to do it since. Uh, I beat Mario 64 on TS. It was, I didn't, I don't, I didn't love it the way that. You know, like a lot of people love it, like, you know, uh, to like people love it today and stuff like that. But it's like in moving like with 3D land, 3D world and like Odyssey is like that's kind of like the stretch for me where it's like I finally like I'm getting that Mario love that, you know, like people have. Like I like the Mario games that like that aren't the mainline Mario games. It's like the Mario Kart. It's fucking Mario Party. It's uh, or was Mario Party, I should say. Uh, Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And right. This you know this one is like I, I remember playing it. It's just like I love the level design. I love how uh, every level feels like its own thing. And there's some like there's a shadow level. Here's a level where you're just fucking like uh, these rotating blocks. And you got to jump and you got to land on them. It's just like there's so much more added to it. And it's so much like it's 
2D Mario with with 3D effects. It's really it's it's so sounds so simple, and we've seen so many other games do it before that and try to do it since then, and it's like no one can it like they did it the best. It's like that's why Nintendo is the best at what they do and everything. If they you know they when when they do something that they want to do like that they know they can do. No one can top them. They're the best at it. That's why everybody tries to copy them. And it's like nobody does it as good as them. And it's like Mario 3D World is just, you know, is just evidence number one of like why that's the case. And it's so fucking fantastic. Uh, and I'm enjoying a lot. It's so much. It's just like reminding me a lot of that too. Like I put this, to be fair, I put this list together over a month ago, like before uh, uh, 3D World came out again so it's, this isn't like a recency bias kind of thing like right. i made this list you know over a month ago i haven't changed any things anything around since then like i, I did that on purpose and it's like that and this was at number 11 before the before it came back out uh and just it really just kind of cemented the fact that like no this game is as good as it was when i thought it was when i played it i didn't play it when it came out i played it like probably like 2015 or so and it's just yeah it's top of line it's fantastic um, number 11, Mario 3D World. Gables, what's your number 11? All right. So my number 11 is Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Oh, wow. I didn't think this would be on your list at all. Honestly, it was between that and X and Y. And quite honestly, I kind of enjoyed you made a mistake. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon a bit more. And honestly, the reasoning behind that is because... Uh, you know, the whole aspect of Sun and Moon, that seventh generation, you know, that was definitely hyped up and stuff. And you know what? I played through Pokemon Sun and Moon. I enjoyed the aspect of it, but I felt that the sequel to it, like, a year later, was the definitive version and definitely the better alternative in order to experience that generation. But I loved a lot of the Pokemon, the new designs and everything through that through that generation. I loved Popplio, Litton. Rowlet and stuff like that. Plus, I love the Tapus and stuff. But in regards to like collecting all of the different like random Pokemon, man, that was such a fun experience. Just filling out the Pokedex, doing the whole like traditional stuff and like the totem Pokemon and everything else. It was definitely a more fleshed out experience. It said like an X and Y and stuff because there was a lot more care. There was like a lot more care that was put into like different aspects of not just like the story aspect of it which kind of honestly it kind of took us by surprise because you expect like the traditional pokemon stuff like you have the child going through and trying to be like like a pokemon master and this and that you know go to the elite four go to the champion and stuff and while that didn't have that stuff the way it produced itself in terms of story with having like not one but two like uh, evil teams quintessentially like like a ruse, like one evil team being a ruse for like an even bigger one. That one I liked. I like that kind of a twist. Plus, it has like one of my favorite like evil teams and stuff besides Team Rocket, and that's Team Skull with their leader, Guzma, which is putting essentially like one of those dudes that tried to be like a uh, like uh, a trial leader or whatsoever out of this whole retrospect, but he failed to do so because of like all this other stuff. But I loved the structure of the game itself. I love the aspect that you could, you could just travel through subspace and just quintessentially like, go through these vortexes in order to go and fight out all these different legendary Pokemon, how you can go through and like face... You can find shiny Pokemon if you go deep enough into certain routes. 
and like how easier it was for you to not only acquire certain shiny Pokemon, but also for like certain training in regards to EV training. I didn't really touch the online stuff like I did in X and Y, but it was definitely a fun experience just getting a lot of fun Pokemon through like the Wonder Trade stuff and also like through just, you know, using a bunch of like different creatures and stuff, especially like a couple of years ago when I was going through all of my Pokemon games, like in all this, like this big old binge and stuff from Gen 1 all the way up to Gen 7. And then Ultra Moon was definitely the last one that I went through in that line before finishing it up. And going through that retrospective through Gen 1 all the way through Gen 7 was definitely significant because it represented like how far that I had come playing this series and how important that series is for me as a gamer. And then all of a sudden go through Ultra Moon and just like enjoying a lot of the, like the, like uh, the, ease of life sort of like improvements to it how much simpler it can be now with certain aspects which were harder in past generations and then how fun it was to play it's definitely worth that number 11 <laughs> nice very cool cables uh real quick we'll just run through our honorable mentions here uh we did uh okay. we should five so basically a top 30 list here is what we got uh my number 30 is order 1886 uh, I think this is a very underrated uh, game. I know we're going to never get another one, but I really enjoyed it uh, for what it was. Uh, number 29, uh, South Park Fractured But Whole. I uh, like this game a lot, but it was definitely like a, uh, a case of like, I talked about at the time, like uh, the first Stick of Truth was like the, like your favorite band's greatest hit album. And this was like your favorite band's greatest, the second greatest hit album. Like, and that was kind of like, it's still really, really good, but it's not the best of the best. Uh, 28 was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Really liked it. It's just my biggest complaint with it was that it wasn't Assassin's Creed. It's just like, it's really Odyssey is what it's called. It should be called, not Assassin's Creed Odyssey. 27, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Fantastic game. Love that game. Uh, love it in 3D World and playing those games and playing that and just having more of it. Uh, and not too much of it, but just more of it was awesome. And then number 20, 26, because I forgot about it, existed. Not I forgot it existed, but I didn't think of it as a... Uh, I thought of it as a Switch game, not a anything else game, uh, entitled Goose Game. So, Gables, what's your uh, honorable mentions? Okay, so for 30, I pretty much had Splatoon, because that entire campaign I thought was awesome in regards to how creative it was, the different missions, the different types of weapons you can use. The online, for what it was, was very fun. I have made it to the point where I want to play through the second game now on Switch, and I want to play through the whole thing in preparation for Splatoon 3 because I'm excited for Splatoon 3. Then, like, for 29, Dead by Daylight, another type of, uh, like, live service-ish sort of game to where I had a lot of fun playing with friends. I definitely spent my time playing as different killers and stuff for, like, the DLC stuff, the Scream guy being one of them. <laughs> that was pretty hilarious, crouching down, just, like, Executed, not just like, like killing survivors, this and that. But uh, overall, it was a fun game to play on Steam and also PS4. I look forward to playing the game on PS5 as well when I eventually get that, because that's quintessentially why I stopped playing, is because I wanted to play on the next gen systems. Now, number 28 is Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. I love Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. 
as a matter of fact, replaying through Super Mario 3D World for uh, the Switch and going through the Captain Toad levels, man, it's like they're every bit as good as they were <laughs> as I remember them. But uh, number 27, Goat Simulator. <laughs> Dude. I don't know what it is about me and just random animals and stuff, man, but, like, Ghost Simulator just struck a chord and just how funny and how, like, bizarre it could be. Like, for example, you could be, like, button heads with, like, some people and just knock them to the ground, and in another instance, you could be bouncing on a gigantic trampoline in the middle of a death metal concert and stuff while things are just going crazy and stuff. But, uh, number 26, How to Fool Boyfriend. Oh, nice. Jesus Christ. This game by Devolver Digital was fun in more ways than one. And it wasn't more or less because of the story and like the absurdity of all these pigeons and you being inside of a pigeon school. But it was just me streaming, just reenacting the voices as I was hearing them in my head. And my God, I had a ball just like going through the different things, you know, like, like the Rudy Tootie, like, oh, hey, this, this. you know, just like all of these like random voices started popping in my head. Like one of the more stubborn, like sort of like, stuck up like pigeons I gave him the voice of Maximilian Pegasus you know like well I never knew how much I could do this but I know I don't like that or you know it's like it's like one of those plays or one of those stories that you would read and you would just try to figure out the person's voice in your head and all of a sudden it just comes out like that and like that's kind of like how I generally do things <laughs> with ad-libbing but uh yeah, those are the honorable mentions. Nice. Very cool, Gables. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for part three. Check back next week with uh, part four. Love you guys. Bye.